Welcome everybody, you are Talking Tables with Bill, Bill and David. Hey, what about Josh? What about Josh, David? He ain't here, so he ain't part of it. Oh, Alright, I was just asking. We got a great episode for everybody today. We are going to be articulating our articulations and covering the lithotomy position and cover a few other odds and ends. So let's get started. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. David and I took a deep dive into lithotomy positioning this week. I uh, went through the AORN guidelines and also talked to one of our favorite surgeons to get some additional information from his perspective. And here is the results of our new gain knowledge. Bill, what areas of the body are exposed while a patient is in the lithotomy positioning? Proper first question, David. Vaginal, rectal, and urological procedures are traditionally done using the lithotomy position. There's also multiple modifications to this position. We have low, standard, high, exaggerated, and then hemi position. So let's break down these modifications for the positions. Right. We'll start with the low position. Basically what you're looking at for a low position in lithotomy is the thigh having a roughly 40 to 60 degree angle. That's in relation to the tabletop surface and the lower legs will be parallel to the bed. Standard positioning is when the patient's thighs are at a higher angle between about 80 and 100 degrees. So what you would see in a photo in like a brochure with a patient in lithotomy positioning, that would be a standard position. In a high lithotomy, probably already guessed it, the thighs are at even a higher angle, 110 to 120 degrees, and the lower legs are flexed. The exaggerated position puts the patient's thighs at an even higher angle at 130 to 150 degrees, and the lower legs are nearly vertical. And finally, the hemi position. This was something new for David and I. We hadn't heard about this before. But this is lithotomy essentially on one leg at a time. So if both legs are at a different angle, that would be a hemi position. This is most common in orthopedics where you may have one leg up in lithotomy and the second leg would be lower but in traction. One thing that we learned while going through this exercise was that that lower leg is important. The angle of that lower leg is important. It should always be parallel to the tabletop surface or maybe even slightly raised. What you're trying to avoid is having blood pool in the bottom of the foot if that leg is at a downward angle. So if you can imagine, and I see this quite often in brochures or I see this just if you, if you were to Google lithotomy positioning, what you see a lot is the thighs raised and then the legs retreating back down. You shouldn't have that type of positioning if you can avoid it because it essentially gives blood an area to pool. What you wanna do is have that leg either parallel to the surface or just slightly raised so that it allows blood flow back down to the body. Yeah, so I just want everybody to know when Bill is mentioning the leg, it's everything from the knee down. Anything from the knee up is considered the thigh. So when Bill is mentioning the leg being horizontal, even with the tabletop, he's talking from the knee down. So let's talk about the dangers of lithotomy positioning. Uh, having your legs raised will shift the blood from your legs, obviously back into your body. This increases cardiac output. It can make it harder for the patient to breathe as well as you push all of the organs in your lower abdominal cavity up towards your diaphragm. This is especially true for obese patients. They're the ones that are the most danger for this type of positioning. Good to know. Bill, what are some of the ways we can protect the patient while positioning them in lithotomy? Probably the most important point here, David. Uh, first and always, make sure that any articulation of the table will not create a pinch point for the patient. 
In lithotomy position, I think we're mostly concerned about the leg section going up and down. Not everybody is using transfer boards, and sometimes that leg section will raise and lower. And your hands, fingers are exposed. So you want to make sure those hands are tucked in or on arm boards, and they're not in a position where if you raise or lower that leg section, you're going to create a pinch point and catch one of those fingers or part of the hand. The question of how to strap the patient comes up sometimes, and ARN unfortunately doesn't have a lot of guidance on this other than what not to do. So they're very particular in saying that you should never put a strap across a patient's chest who's in lithotomy position. Because of the reasons we've already talked about, um, having additional pressure on the diaphragm, you don't want to exacerbate that and put more pressure by putting a strap across someone's chest. Same goes for the abdomen. So while they do recommend making sure that the patient is secure, they also at the same time are saying you really shouldn't strap them in these two areas. That doesn't give you a whole lot of other options. In typical lithotomy, it's probably not that big of a deal, but if you're in steep reverse Trendelenburg or Trendelenburg as an example, you'll have to use some additional devices to help hold that patient onto the table. David, I believe you looked up some information on a specific area of the body you should protect, correct? Yeah, that's correct, Bill. Um, you want to make sure that the patient's sacrum is supported by the bed at all times. So there's a tendency to shift the patient down too far in the table, which would put their sacrum you know, in that open perineal, perineal cutout. Um, and that's something you always want to keep an eye on and make sure that patient's fully supported by the table and pads. Another thing to consider is always moving the stirrups in unison and moving them slowly. The one thing you don't want to do is raise or lower legs quickly. If you do that, you're really changing the distribution of the blood within the body too quickly and not giving it enough time to react. So slow movements and simultaneous movements. You never move one leg, then the other, you always move both together. And again, that's whether you're raising or lowering. To add to that, keeping the patient's legs from contacting the stirrup post is beneficial for the patient. Uh, a leg resting on the post can cause potential nerve damage, reduce the blood flow, etc. So that's always a good point. Uh, and then the personnel should also avoid leaning against the patient's legs to have those you know, stirrups move. Damage to the hip is always a concern too. Uh, this is more of a reality if you're using the old-style candy cane stirrups, but even with more modern stirrups, it can be a problem. Generally, this occurs when you are at a lithotomy position greater than 80 degrees or when you are abducting the legs greater than 30 degrees. So if you can, avoid the use of candy canes, stay in low lithotomy, and keep the legs from abducting past 30 degrees. Keep in mind, the lower the lithotomy position and the shorter length that that patient is in that positioning, the better. David and I are essentially going over AORN guidelines. We're using some additional advice from a surgeon we know. But in the OR, the surgeon's in control, and there are variations to everything that we've talked about. The surgeon knows what they're doing, so uh, please don't point out that they aren't following the AORN guidelines. There's reasons sometimes where you don't follow the guidelines, we just want to provide you with some general information as to the basic setups that you're going to see in the ORs and, and hopefully have a better understanding of how the equipment works. So there's additional information with graphics that Bill put together and we will be putting them up on Skynet very soon. Thanks, David. All right, what else we got today? Yeah, in other news, we added a separate complete lateral brace. So typically... When you order a beach chair, it comes complete with a lateral brace. Uh, we did not have an option 
Currently, that would sell the lateral brace to you as a complete assembly. It is now in the system, it is ready to ship. Part number 3-040-20-18. Sounds great. Thanks, David. David and I are now going to reach out to Dave Sturkenberg to talk a little bit about the shipping challenges that we have going on within Skytron right now. Uh, I think to sum up myself, I can simply say, you know, it's a bit of a mess. I know the products coming out of Japan overseas, finding a container is what primarily is the problem. So there are ships, but there's no containers to load up to put on the ships. And then once we get the containers on the ships and the ships get out of port, they get stuck trying to get import in California and then getting them onto trains and then back to Grand Rapids through Chicago has just been a challenge. So I know Dave said earlier in a meeting today that it's, it's not like a UPS or a FedEx where we can simply just check our app to see exactly where those shipments are at because everything is backed up and things are moving so slowly. Um, we really kind of only get updated when a next step occurs. So, you know, as an example, when it leaves Japan and it comes to the U.S., we know it's somewhere on the ocean, but we really won't get alerted to where that's at until, you know, it actually gets unloaded from the vessel and then, then we'll get alerted again when it's put on a train. So it's making it hard for us to plan on when things are actually going to arrive and be available. So please bear with us. Would you agree with that, Dave? Hey, thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're absolutely right. That is exactly correct. Well, thanks for joining us, Dave. We appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. Goodbye, everybody. Well, Dave's a man of very few words, but he did let me know in a prior conversation that you should expect to see some shipping dates and arrival dates that are a little bit longer than you traditionally see. We are intentionally doing this because we are trying to make sure that we are taking into account the potential for some of these delays. Mr. Walton, what do you got for us? I wanted to give a quick reminder to everyone that is looking to order a VersaFit stirrup. So those stirrups, when you quote those, those do not come with a boot. No boot. You need a boot, you got to add a boot. So if you want the standard, uh, the Elite, or the HD option, you have to add those in separately. So David, what happens if I just order a stirrup? You don't get a boot. So I'm saying I'm ordering a 4-0-90-17, and you're telling me I get no boot? No boot. Well, then how do I get a boot? You select a boot. What if I want multiple boots? You select multiple boots. So the standard, elite, and HD options, they're all sold in pairs, all sold with different part numbers. Do they come with pads? Come with pads. Okay, so to sum up, you got to order a 4090-17, and then you also have to select at least one of the pairs of boots, which will come with pads. Now you have the option of purchasing all three pairs of boots if you really want to, or two, or one. But just remember, 4090-17, if you order that part number, you're getting no boots. That's right, David? No boots. Oh, hold on a second. Looks like Josh is calling in. What's going on, Josh? Whoa, 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 guys. Don't forget about me here. I know you like to think that tables is the only thing in the world that matters, but uh, we have some other things that are in the pipeline currently with stainless and walls. Uh, just want to check in with everybody, say hi, and, and let everyone know that I'm excited to see them. Uh, I know it's going to be virtual a little different this year, but I'm looking forward to the National Sales Conference coming up. Ah, shoot. Looks like we lost him. Okay, I think that's a wrap for February's Talking Tables. Hope everybody enjoyed our lithotomy positioning guidance. 
and has a great month. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you later.